Today is the 25th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is fantastic to be here with you today as we take the next step forward together on the adventure that we have embarked on 25 days ago. We're 25, well, once we read today, we'll be 25 days into our year. This is a day of a bit of transition. We will finish our first full book of the Bible today and then move forward. So we will be doing that right now. We'll finish the book of Genesis and then we'll get into the second book of the Bible, the book of Exodus. And we'll talk about Exodus when we get there, but we got one chapter of Genesis to finish up the book. And one last thing before we get going, we will be going to the land of the Bible here in less, well, about a week and a half. And a bunch of us will be there actually in person and uh, the rest of us will be traveling virtually. But hang out until the end today because we'll be talking about Israel 2024 next year. But let's dive into the scriptures now. And if we will recall, we said goodbye to Jacob. And we remember his name was changed to Israel, which is where we get this name, Israel. And Israel's children are the children of Israel. We said goodbye to Jacob yesterday as he passed from the story and into history. Today we finish the book of Genesis with chapter 50. Joseph fell across his father's body, wept over him, and kissed him. Joseph then ordered the physicians in his service to embalm his father, and the physicians embalmed Israel. They mourned for him forty days, because that is the period required for embalming. Then the Egyptians mourned him for seventy days. After the period of mourning had passed, Joseph spoke to Pharaoh's household. If you approve my request, give Pharaoh this message. My father made me promise, telling me, I'm about to die. You must bury me in the tomb I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. Now, let me leave and let me bury my father, and then I will return. Pharaoh replied, Go bury your father as you promised. So Joseph left to bury his father. All of Pharaoh's servants went with him, together with the elder statesmen in his household and all of the elder statesmen in the land of Egypt. Joseph's entire household, his brothers and his father's household, only the children, flocks, and cattle remained in the land of Goshen. Even chariots and horsemen went with him, it was a huge collection of people. When they arrived at the threshing floor of Atad on the other side of the Jordan River, they observed a solemn, deeply sorrowful period of mourning. He grieved seven days for his father. When the Canaanites who lived in the land saw the observance of grief on Atad's threshing floor, they said, 
This is a solemn observance of grief by the Egyptians. Therefore, its name is Abel Mitzrayim. It is on the other side of the Jordan River. Israel's sons did for him just as he had ordered. His sons carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre, which Abraham had purchased as burial property from Ephron the Hittite. Then Joseph returned to Egypt. He, his brothers, and everyone who left with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers realized that their father was now dead, they said, What if Joseph bears a grudge against us and wants to pay us back seriously for all the terrible things we did to him? So they approached Joseph and said, Your father gave orders before he died, telling us, This is what you should say to Joseph. Please forgive your brother's sins and misdeeds, for they did terrible things to you. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of your father's God. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers wept too, fell down in front of him and said, We're here as your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I God? You planned something bad for me, but God produced something good from it in order to save the lives of many people, just as he's doing today. Now don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children. So he put them at ease and spoke reassuringly to them. Thus Joseph lived in Egypt, he and his father's household. Joseph lived 110 years and saw Ephraim's grandchildren. The children of Machir, Manasseh's son, were also born on Joseph's knees. Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die. God will certainly take care of you and bring you out of this land to the land he promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Joseph made Israel's sons promise, When God takes care of you, you must bring up my bones out of here. Joseph died when he was 110 years old. They embalmed him and placed him in a coffin in Egypt. Okay, so that concludes the book of Genesis. Jacob has passed. They took him back to the land. He took his body back to the land of Canaan, back to the cave at Machpelah in the valley of Eshkol, and buried him in the ancestral family plot, the only piece of land that's owned by any children of Israel. So they go back to this place and then they return to Egypt and uh, Joseph passes away at 110 years of age telling his family that there's a promise and there's a land and when God leads you into this land take my bones with you. So now we are about to open up the second book in the Bible the book of 
Exodus. And so as we open up the book of Exodus, when we flip that page, we're flipping the page by several hundred years. And so all of these original children of Israel that we've met along the way and all of the family dynamics that we've been able to observe, all of these people have passed away. All of these original people that we've been kind of walking alongside, they're all gone now. But their families, the generations, have flourished and the people have become numerous. Numerous as the stars in the heavens. Numerous like sand on the seashore, like God had promised to Abraham. It's just that they're not in the land that they were promised. They're in the land of Egypt. And they're growing more and more numerous and more and more powerful. And the Egyptians are starting to become afraid of them and starting to marginalize them. And now that we're several centuries into the future, Egypt has forgotten about Joseph and the way that they were saved from the devastation so long ago. And so the Egyptians enslaved the children of Israel in Egypt. And Pharaoh, seeking to stop them from growing more and more numerous and more and more powerful, instituted some population control that's horrible like if the baby is a boy throw him into the Nile River this is the command of the king and so baby boys were being drowned in the Nile River but there was a promise there was a hope for a future for this people and it's interesting because we flip into into Exodus and we're hundreds of years in the future and when we think about God's promises in our day and age normally we are thinking about things that that need to materialize in a hurry right and we don't really think that God will give a promise that we won't get to see like this long view like that, that, that we're a part of a story that is centuries and centuries, even millennia old. We want the instant gratification of it all. But there's a story going on as we read through the Bible. There was a person, Abraham, and we followed his family and there was a promise and it's still out there and it's still unfulfilled and it's still going on and it's still a part of the, of the people. God finds Abraham and sends him to a land that he doesn't know. God promises a son of promise. And Isaac is born and God appears to Isaac. And Isaac passes the promise to his son, Jacob. Then God reveals himself to Jacob, who passes this on to his 12 sons, the children of Israel, who are now marginalized and enslaved in Egypt. But the promise is still there. And they begin to cry out to God. And a baby boy is born. And this baby boy is put into the Nile as commanded, but he was put into the Nile in a wicker basket. And he was floating. 
and this wicker basket was discovered, as we will see, by Pharaoh's daughter. And she names the baby boy Moses. And we will be traveling a good distance with Moses. And so we begin Exodus chapter 1. These are the names of the Israelites who came to Egypt with Jacob along with their households. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The total number in Jacob's family was 70. Joseph was already in Egypt. Eventually, Joseph, his brothers, and everyone in his generation died. But the Israelites were fertile and became populous. They multiplied and grew dramatically, filling the whole land. Now a new king came to power in Egypt who didn't know Joseph. He said to his people, The Israelite people are now larger in number and stronger than we are. Come on, let's be smart and deal with them. Otherwise, they will only grow in number. And if war breaks out, they will join our enemies, fight against us, and then escape from the land. As a result, the Egyptians put foremen of forced work gangs over the Israelites to harass them with hard work. They had to build storage cities named Pitom and Ramses for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed the more they grew and spread. So much so that the Egyptians started to look at the Israelites with disgust and dread. So the Egyptians enslaved the Israelites. They made their lives miserable with hard labor, making mortar and bricks, doing field work, and by forcing them to do all kinds of other cruel work. The king of Egypt spoke to two Hebrew midwives named Shifra and Puah. When you are helping the Hebrew women give birth and you see the baby being born, if it's a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, you can let her live. Now the two midwives respected God, so they didn't obey the Egyptian king's order. Instead, they let the baby boys live. So the king of Egypt called the two midwives and said to them, Why are you doing this? Why are you letting the baby boys live? The two midwives said to Pharaoh, Because Hebrew women aren't like Egyptian women. They're much stronger and give birth before any midwives can get to them. So God treated the midwives well, and the people kept on multiplying and became very strong. And because the midwives respected God, God gave them households of their own. Then Pharaoh gave an order to all his people. Throw every baby boy born to the Hebrews into the Nile River. But you can let all the girls live. Now a man from Levi's household married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that the baby was healthy and beautiful, so she hid him for three months. When she couldn't hide him any longer, she took a reed basket and sealed it up 
with black tar. She put the child in the basket and set the basket among the reeds at the riverbank. The baby's older sister stood watch nearby to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river while her woman servants walked along beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and she sent one of her servants to bring it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child. The boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. She said, this must be one of the Hebrews' children. Then the baby's sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, would you like me to go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter agreed, yes, do that. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child and nurse it for me and I'll pay you for your work. So the woman took the child and nursed it. After the child had grown up, she brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her son. She named him Moses because, she said, I pulled him out of the water. Matthew 16, 13 through 17, 9. Now when Jesus came to the area of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the human one is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. He said, And what about you? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus replied, Happy are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because no human has shown this to you. Rather, my Father who is in heaven has shown you. I tell you that you are Peter, and I'll build my church on this rock. The gates of the underworld won't be able to stand against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Anything you fasten on earth will be fastened in heaven. Anything you loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. Then he ordered the disciples not to tell anybody that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and legal experts, and that he had to be killed and raised on the third day. Then Peter took hold of Jesus and scolding him, began to correct him. God forbid, Lord, this won't happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stone that could make me stumble, for you are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. Then Jesus said to his disciples, All who want to come after me must say no to themselves take up their cross and follow me. All who want to save their lives will lose them, 
but all who lose their lives because of me will find them. Why would people gain the whole world but lose their lives? What will people give in exchange for their lives? For the human one is about to come with the majesty of his father, with his angels, and then he will repay each one for what that person has done. I assure you that some standing here won't die before they see the human one coming in his kingdom. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them to the top of a very high mountain. He was transformed in front of them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all this by saying to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. If you want, I'll make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, look, a bright cloud overshadowed them. A voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I dearly love. I am very pleased with him. Listen to him. Hearing this, the disciples fell on their faces, filled with awe. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anybody about the vision until the human one is raised from the dead. Psalm 21 For the music leader, a psalm of David. The king celebrates your strength, Lord. Look how happy he is about your saving help. You've given him what his heart desires. You haven't denied what his lips requested. Selah. You bring rich blessings right to him. You put a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked you for life and you gave it to him, all right. Long days, forever and always. The king's reputation is great because of your saving help. You've conferred on him glory and grandeur. You grant him blessings forever. You make him happy with the joy of your presence because the king trusts in the Lord and because of the Most High's faithful love he will not stumble your hand will catch all your enemies your strong hand will catch all who hate you when you appear Lord you will light them up like an oven on fire God will eat them whole in his anger Fire will devour them. You will destroy their offspring from the land, destroy their descendants from the human race. Because they sought to do you harm, they devised a wicked plan, but they will fail. Because you will make them turn and run when you aim your bow straight at their faces. Be exalted, Lord, in your strength 
we will sing and praise your power. Proverbs 5, 1 through 6. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Bend your ear to what I know, so you might remain discreet and your lips might guard knowledge. The lips of a mysterious woman drip honey, and her tongue is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead to the grave. She doesn't stay on the way of life. Her paths wander, but she doesn't know it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the next step forward. And for the first time, we get to experience transitioning from one book to another. And we thank you for bringing us through the book of Genesis and that sense of accomplishment that we are underway. We are on our way. And even as we look back through the book of Genesis, how much you brought up and out into our lives for us to consider and for us to be transformed by. And so we are grateful for that, for that journey through the book of Genesis. And now as we move into the book of Exodus, we've met this baby boy who's, who's going to be the mighty Moses. And as we engage with this story, we invite your Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct us May we see what we need to see and hear what we need to hear as we continue this journey forward. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so like I said at the beginning, we will be going to the land of the Bible here in about a week and a half. And we'll be spending the better part of a couple of weeks in the land, moving throughout the land from the Mediterranean coast, to the border of Jordan, from the Red Sea, all the way to the borders of Lebanon and Syria in the north, north, south, east, west, and the interior of the land. We have over the years created the most comprehensive biblical immersion into the land of the Bible that, that we know how to do while making it a pilgrimage for our hearts. And so we're certainly looking forward to that. And so the first thing is to ask the community here to begin to pray over all of the things that are involved in a trip like that international travel, jet lag, time zone changes, culture changes, all kinds of logistics, all kinds of things that are set up to fire in a certain order and work in a certain way. And of course, technology, the technology that binds us together each and every day continues to go forward no matter where we may be in the world. So technology 
safety, wisdom, all that we will need to take this journey, covering it with prayer. And this community is a community of prayer. And I have witnessed that over all of these years. And so just asking for everyone to begin to pray over all of these things uh, is my is, is my request, is my ask that the Holy Spirit might hover over us as we take the journey and do the work in us that, that we need as we open ourselves to the experience. This will be our first journey back since the pandemic era that we went through. It was 2020 was the last time we were in the land and uh, really, truly rode the wave ahead of COVID, like literally got back in 2020, two weeks before the world locked down. And, uh, and we had such an interesting, strange year in 2020. In 2021, things were... Still on lockdown as far as that kind of international travel goes. 22 went by. And in 2022, we decided as things were opening back up, as restrictions were going down, as things were, at least for international travel, returning to something that looks a little more regular, we decided to go. And... That's what we're about to do. We decided in 2022 to go in 2023. And so we're about to do that. But we've also looked at this surge uh, coming into Israel as things do return to normal. And so we weren't really able to go back and kind of then reevaluate and see how things were. It was like, man, unless you want to go in 2025 or 2026, you're going to you got to kind of make a commitment for 2024. And we have done that. And we have to do those kinds of things because we have a whole, an entire team, uh, both on the Israeli side and on the American side. And so keeping that all together and keeping everybody uh, booked in advance kind of to know what's going to happen, we've had to do that. And so we are going to go back in 2024 on a pilgrimage to the land of the Bible. This will take place between February 12th and 25th of 2024. So just a bit over a year from now. Registration is now open. You can find out all about Israel 2024 and experiencing the land of the Bible on pilgrimage with Daily Audio Bible at dailyaudiobible.com. Or if you are using the app, you can press the little drawer icon in the upper left-hand corner and that'll open up a drawer. Either place, look for the initiatives section. And in the initiatives, you will find Israel 2024. And all of the kinds of details that you would want to know as you consider taking this pilgrimage. But registration for 2024, February 2024, is open now. Just a little bit of a heads up. When we announced the pilgrimage, 
that we're about to go on, the one for 2023, the one that we announced back last year, I wasn't really sure. I just knew that if if we didn't take a step and return, then years and years and years would go by, and this had been part of the rhythm of our year. But with all that had gone on in the world, with all the sickness, all the pandemic, all of the restrictions, all of the cares of it, all of the uncertainty of it, I just didn't know, does anybody want to go back to Israel? What ended up happening was very surprising. And that was that the pilgrimage for 2023 had sold out within 24 hours. And even if there had been something that we we could have or wanted to do about that, there was nothing that we could do. Like literally all of the rooms in Israel and all of the places that we were going were all full. So there has been an extreme demand for, for the Holy Land. But even ha- had we been able to expand, that's, that's not really what we're doing here. I, we're not trying to take a dozen buses or even a half a dozen buses or anything like that that, that really, really becomes limiting to the, the kind of schedule that we're trying to keep and the amount of places that we're trying to allow ourselves to be immersed in and just the entire breadth and depth and width of the country that we're trying to see. And so we take two buses, just enough people that everybody can know everybody and we can be family together and a community together as we take the journey together. And so uh, that is what we are planning for 2024 as well. And so if going to the land of the Bible is something that has been a dream or something on the bucket list, something that you feel uh, compelled toward in your heart, something that you feel like you need to see with your own eyes, that you need to smell with your own nose, that you need to hear with your own ears, then registration is open for the 2024 Daily Audio Bible Pilgrimage to the Land of the Bible. Then registration is available now for that trip, and I've told you where to find it. I will let you know again that 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 trip did sell out in a day, and we had a couple hundred people on a waiting list, and so if you are compelled to take the journey, I wouldn't delay. So check it out. That is the announcement. And that is it for today. I am Brian. I love you. And I will be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, this is Dan from AZ. And I'm calling to ask for a prayer request for my wife who's been suffering from migraine headaches for over a year, every day. And uh, I just, I've been praying for her. She's been praying, but it just doesn't seem to help. She's been seeing doctors and stuff. And um, I just would like to get a prayer request out there for all the dabbers. Uh, This is my first time calling. Uh, This is my first time listening to the Daily Bible. And it's been a blessing. And I just want to reach out and ask for, for help. In Jesus' name.
Thank you. Hello, Daily Audio Bible family. I am reaching out for prayer. I am dealing with many issues in my life. Uh, my marriage needs prayer. My husband needs a lot of prayer. He's dealing with very difficult job, depression, anxiety, anger issues, temper tantrums. He's quite abusive as of late, and there is um, potential that he is having an affair. And if he's not having an affair, he's definitely hiding pornography. Um, anyway, I am also trying to declutter everything that I own for preparation for moving, because it looks like this marriage is going to end, not by my choice, but by his. And I just need help. I need willpower. I need the ability to let go of stuff that I do not need and to fight this hoarding, pack ratting mentality. I don't have a ton of stuff, but I have so much more than is necessary. And it's embarrassing. And I am just appalled by myself as I pull things out of closets and just see how horrible <laughs> it really is. On the surface, the house looks great, but underneath it's terrible. So anyway, please pray for me. Pray for my daughter in the midst of all of this. Um, pray for God to provide. Pray for my husband to come back to the Lord. And if it's God's will to save this marriage, but in such a way that my husband is no longer abusive on so many levels, and pray that I would have patience and be more like Christ through it all. Thank you so much, family. Hi, Daily Audio Bible family. My name is Evelyn, and I'm calling from Germany. Uh, I would like to ask for prayers for my mother. Right now, she's at stage four cancer, and um, it has spread to, according to the doctors, the brain, the liver, the bones. And yeah, she has done some sessions of chemotherapy and she also did radiotherapy and she was asked to do some more radiotherapy for the bones. I just could not look at her yesterday because she broke down crying. And yeah, the doctors gave us some news that were just heartbroken. And for me, it's also breaking my heart and I'm also trying to manage uh, my emotions right here. But please, I'll ask that um, you join me in prayers for her. There's nothing impossible for our God to do. That God will step in our case and every cancer cell disappears. Nothing is impossible for God to do. We spent a lot emotionally, financially, and even looking at her, it's, 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 it's really breaking my heart. But I trust God, and we all trust God, that nothing is impossible for God to do. Thank you so much for sending in your prayers. I would really appreciate it. I've been blessed by following the daily audio Bible every day. And it has really blessed my life. It has lifted my spirit and it has built my faith up. Thank you so much. Bye. This is Nobody Gets Left Behind from Colorado. Calling in a praise report and a couple prayer requests. My mom, she is in a homeless shelter now. Praise God for that. Her tent went up in fire. Uh, somebody rescued her, saved her life. I just uh, ask that my dad family can just join me in prayer to put it in her heart to go to an assisted living. She's a bit stubborn, but I thank God that she's still here and I'm about to go pick her up for church today. 
I um, want to ask if you could pray for my brother. I mentioned that he had uh, been released from prison. He was there for 20 years, and I just uh, ask that you join me in prayer that he, his life can worship Jesus and just uh, be a light to people, and that um, his repentance and his remorse for what he did wrong um, will always give him the contrite heart and that uh, his music and his talents and all the things that he does, that that can just uh, glorify you, Jesus. I just uh, also wanted to say that I love Taryn and Annette Allison's story today. I love you, sister. You always bring a big, big smile on my face. Um, praise God for you, sister, and, and for Blind Tony. I just uh, always love your wisdom that flows from your your heart, Tony. I praise God for you. Um, Lisa, uh, with stage four cancer, you've been heavy on my heart, heavy on all of our hearts, sister, and you know, let God's will be done in our lives no matter what we go through. We have eternal mindset. Love you guys. Good morning, everyone. Grand Rising. My name is Gloria Cole. I'm just calling in to get some help with some things. Um, I just need help with, you know, worrying about myself and staying happy, you know, because I don't want to be depressed anymore. I just want to be happy. Um, when I come to work, I'm very depressed. <laughs> Just thinking about work is very depressing for me. Um, you know, I'm happy to have a job. I was homeless before I even got this job. So, you know, I'm blessed for it. But, you know, it's not even a job, it's the people, you know. Um, this new generation, I'm even in a new generation. <laughs> I'm only 26 years old. You know, so this new generation just wants to come to work, sit on their phones, not help others not, you know, help out. And it's kind of hard to endure. It's kind of hard to grasp, you know. I go home every day depressed. And even talking to someone, you know, here doesn't help. Supervisors doesn't help with the management doesn't help. I did therapy. Therapy doesn't hurt, work for me. Um, I don't know what else to do, you know, because I go home and i so depressed that I don't even have time for my babies and I, that's not an excuse, I know, and I'm trying. I just need your prayers, you guys, so please pray for me. Thank you, Brian, thank you, Jill, thank you, China, thank you, Ezekiel, thank you, everyone, and most importantly, thank you, God. I am trying my hardest, you know. Stay on the right path, just pray for me, please. I love you guys, bye. This is Sabina calling asking for prayers for myself and my family. I have been, in the last 15 years, I've struggled with really deep tiredness and I've been sick a lot. Um, and uh, I have an education, I've been working and sometimes I can work for some months and then suddenly I just get so deeply tired that that I can't work anymore. It's not possible. I get sick and sometimes depressed and well stressed. 
and I have a lot of pain and, and ache in my body. And it's been like this for on and off for 15 years. Um, we've have had good times as well, but it's really hard sometimes. Hard for me and for the family and and financially very hard. Um, so I would just ask if somebody would pray for me and in our situation and that somehow um, things will change and um, yeah that I may follow God's will whatever it is I really want to work uh, um, I really want to do things and just and not only just um, stay at home and <laughs> not have anything to do I uh, really want to do something uh, for God and for my family, for people around me and for myself as well. So I pray that, yeah, somehow there will come a change and, and I will know what to do, what is in God's will.